Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And our guest today is an actor, a comedian, a host of the brilliant podcast (laughs) Las Culturistas with Bowen Yang. And as of this year, with the release of his festive album, Have You Heard of Christmas? He's the newest holiday hitmaker to hit the scene. It's Matt Rogers. Very happy to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's me, the queen of Christmas. Don't let Mariah Carey tell you otherwise. <laughs> I got to cue some sleigh bells. Ding, ding, ding. Matt, here at Switch on Pop, we are fascinated by the sound, the culture, the business of holiday music. So we are super Likewise. excited to talk to you about your new seasonal release. I think we should begin by listening to some music together. And where better to start than the first song on your album, Also, It's Christmas. Perfect. With your hands, with your eyes, you speak to me without your never heard a holiday song that is so directly coming at Mariah Carey that just like <laughs> I am going to take the top spot every year. I said I need a big sexy Christmas pop single. If I'm going to do this, I got to grab everyone with a big sexy hook and a big <laughs> up tempo number. It honestly it was just a, I started this whole project in 2017 when I was just doing it as a comedy show and I literally thought the funniest thing would be okay what's my first single for this Christmas album that's like the whole bit behind the whole project is like yeah sure it's a Christmas album because that's what every pop star does at some point in their life. They just mm. get to that point where they record a Christmas album. I'm just getting there first. I'm just doing it first. <laughs> I'm not recording any normal albums. And my first offering is my Christmas album. So I thought, let's get a single together. And so I wrote this uh, in my head, at least. I only did it with a piano back in the day. But it was like this David Guetta, Zed, mm. you know, those big club dance singles which have like a featured vocalist but it's not their song it's like zed featuring Marin morris very the middle <laughs> oh, baby. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? very like <laughs> yes. um that vibe and so i was just like you know i guess the bit of it will be we're at the club i'm trying to fuck you know i'm trying to get into it with people at the club but also it's christmas <laughs> Which is kind of the whole thing with the album, too. Like, Christmas as an afterthought. <laughs> the reference to 
Zed, Marin Morris, the middle. Mm-hmm. Not a connection I made, but now I'm hearing it, Matt. One of the signatures, maybe, of Zed's production is something we've called the anti-chorus before. Yeah. You reach the pinnacle of the chorus, and then the energy drops out. And that's exactly what you do in the first chorus of this song. Let's listen to that. Want you to make me come alive. Oh, so it's Christmas. Did I mention that it's Christmas in this club? Oh, so it's Christmas. Tonight is the night we celebrate his son. Oh, you brought you really brought Jesus into it too. I sure do. I mean, he's kind of you can't really ignore him around this time of year, you know. You gotta acknowledge. But you know, I guess like for me, it's like yeah, it is a stylistic nod, Mm. but it's also a thing to isolate the comedy of the first chorus. Like Ah. what's really cool that I discovered actually years ago is that how hand in hand pop music songwriting goes with sketch comedy writing. Mm. And just like the three-act structure of a song, if you will, like, and the three beats of comedy sort of are really hand-in-hand. So in a first verse, you're like stating your idea, you're stating your intention, you're setting the scene, and Mm. then the first chorus should be just like, you know, your first game hit, as they call it in comedy, which is like, how are you complicating the premise? And Mm. so that's essentially like... That's where the first chorus comes in, and so we didn't want to take some of the air out of it so that the comedy hit, so that then the song could heighten as it goes. So it works as like an homage to that genre, while also helping me get the comedy across. You're amping up this moment. Another song I was really looking at when I was doing this was Into You by Ariana Grande. Just Mm. like the sort of like pulsing, throbbing, if you will, intention of the song musically (laughs) and lyrically. And then pulling it out to reveal, by the way, it is Christmas. And if we do go back to my house, we're going to have to sort of hustle past my sister and her kids who are staying in a room next to me. Wow. I feel like I almost want to stop here and just launch immediately into either a course on songwriting for sketch comedy or a sketch comedy for songwriters. I used to teach I that course, that actually. No. Wait, really? Yeah, I did. I did. I did some workshops. I, so one of my origins in doing all this is I was in a musical sketch comedy group in my early 20s called Pop Roulette. And what we did was we would just write sketches and put them to song. And honestly, like, we would teach this. Like, I would literally go around and I would just look at a popular pop song. And I would just sort of break down the ways in which if even if you just took out some intentions and some content and replaced it with comedic intention like you have like a pretty naturally rising sketch to music and Mm -hmm. i think that my early inspirations and my early influences were like the lonely island yeah and uh bo burnham obviously and Mm. anyone that's like a musical person and a funny person can do this and it's just really interesting how how interlocked they are what makes it work i think is that and talking to you, 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 you understand it a little better. These are funny songs, but they also genuinely work musically. And they are studied right. and practiced. And they are hooky and catchy. And they, they hit. The melodies grab you. So it works on a few levels. Like those, I think those other artists that you mentioned, The Lonely Island and Bo Burnham. That's all I ever wanted was to like, when I was like uh, coming up, really when I was like 18, 19 years old, I became obsessed with Saturday Night Live. I used to um, go on the standby line hmm. when I was 18 years old. I, I would not hang out with the other freshmen at NYU. I went to school in, at <laughs> NYU in New York City. I would go to 30 Rock on a Friday morning 
at 11 a.m. and I would wait all day and all night until 7 a.m. on Saturday no. when they handed out standby tickets. <laughs> and a standby ticket for the show did not guarantee you entry. <laughs> but I was so obsessed with Saturday Night Live at the time and so positive that I wanted to try and make it in comedy that I started going. And this was a time when Andy Samberg, Akiva Schaefer, Yorma Taccone, a.k.a. The Lonely Island, mm. were really having a lot of fun and doing extremely cool things with, I would imagine, a pretty gnarly budget to make their music because the songs <laughs> oh, yeah. went so hard. Yeah. Like, there is a song called um, Jack Sparrow, yeah. which is, they have Michael Bolton on the yeah. track. The beat goes so hard. This is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow, pirate so brave on the seven seas. What? Like, their song Mother Lover with yeah. Justin Timberlake. That is such an incredible song. Just like they were turning out to say nothing of Dick in a Box. It's my Dick in a Box. <laughs> they were turning out like big, really effective pop and R&B and hip hop songs that were so funny and so undeniable. And it was just like so inspiring to me. And at the time I was like, if I could do anything even similar to this, I'd feel like it was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Something that separates this project from those influences is that right in this very first song on the album, I think you announced this is going to be an explicitly queer Mm -hmm. Christmas album. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the second verse of Also It's Christmas. I walk up to a gay stranger Whisper right in his ear Some small talk say it's been a warm winter But it's warmer than here. Why was it important to you? Gay Stranger, Matt's I'm just showing up. the guys I am selling Gay Stranger merch. You can get your Gay Stranger t-shirt because if I'm doing this pop star thing, you know I'm not going to come out of here with no merch. So I have Gay Stranger t-shirts. Terrify the people in your life with a Gay Stranger t-shirt at mattrogersofficial.com. What a plug. It's, like, yes, it's almost like we set it up. Why was it important to not hide yeah. the sexuality on this album? It wasn't that it was important to me yeah. it's just that that's who i am mm. i put have you heard of christmas out as a comedy special first that aired on showtime last year <laughs> and for me it's like i'm lucky enough to come up in a time at least like now that i'm like a developed comedian and like someone who's like out here you know making things that people could see i'm not like throwing things at the wall anymore like a young developing comic now where I'm at and I think where we're at is people can kind of just pretty much be themselves in their comedy. Mm. You don't have to do too much kowtowing to whatever is popular. Mm. Whereas when I was younger, I think that when I was in middle school or even high school riding the bus to my cross-country meets, the only thing we were listening to was Dane Cook stand-up. You know what I mean? It felt like <laughs> there was like one comedian and one sensibility, whereas now that's not really the case. And so mm. last year when I ultimately released my special and it was this – or like the more cabaret, less pop-produced version mm. of this, a lot of people were asking me like, so what made you want to make this so queer? And I'm like, I am who I am. Like, I didn't try to make a queer Christmas album. I tried to make a Christmas album, like a produced pop 
album filled with the kind of shit that I think is funny. And a lot of my observations and the things I go through are informed by my actual uh, life. Mm. And so it's less a thing of like the reason why I wanted this to be queer is because Mm. and more this is queer because I am. Yeah. Well, regardless of your intentions, the result is an entirely fresh perspective on a holiday that you'd think had had every possible iteration covered in the countless holiday cash grabs by various stars over the years. And yet, when we go through your album, we find new ways of thinking about the sound of Christmas. Let me just recite for the listeners some of the tracks that you will encounter Mm -hmm. here. Uh, We've got Lube for the Sleigh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody asks why Santa has so much lube. Lube for the sleigh. The lube for the sleigh. (laughs) We've got... Hottest female up in Whoville. Correct. <laughs> I'm the only hot who up in Whoville. Man, no, if their wife won't, I will. He's trying to get this month of May. Whoville sex is what I do. <laughs> and every Christmas Eve, parentheses, Mrs. Claus's theme. Which is one of my prides and joys. <laughs> You've been bad. I know that when you and your reindeer boys gear up, that you'll look back. You'll say it's 24 hours, I'll see you later, but I did the math. (laughs) This also stood out to me, Matt, on the album, because I had this moment where I was like, I've never heard a song from Mrs. Claus's perspective before. And how about that? Because one of the things I always felt was like, you know, she's probably the most famous, like, female character of Christmas, and yet we know mm. nothing about her. And so, basically, I did this whole, you know, deep dive, as it were, mm. about the fact that, like, what if she... I think I had just seen Hamilton the musical, and there's <laughs> yeah. a song in Hamilton the musical called Burn. You have torn it all apart, I'm watching it burn. I believe it's when Eliza... Hamilton has basically been thrown under the bus by her husband who like comes clean about the fact that he cheated on her like for political reasons it's gonna and she has this ballad this like searing ballad very Mm. much in the style of like you know what Beyonce used to do in terms of ballads and Mm. this like sort of like big R&B pop ballad where she was like fuck you I don't need you anymore I was like what Mm. if we gave Mrs. Claus this moment (laughs) like she finally got a calculator and crunched the numbers about Christmas Eve and was like there's no way this man is seeing every house in the world on Christmas Eve he is lying to me so I essentially like let that inform this like big diva ballad response Mm. from Mrs. Claus who is not often heard from so where do you go when you leave every Christmas Eve? Cause I know you're lying to me. Santa Claus, you got caught. You can't unhear that. You you will not think of Mrs. Claus in the same way after listening to this song. I mean, that was kind of the intent. I was like, let's consider her a little bit differently when we think about her every year. Like, Christmas Eve should be a huge day where we think about Mrs. Claus and what she's going through. Yeah, you gave her a seething want song that has (laughs) allusions to rent 
And to your point about what you're saying of the quality of the Lonely Island, this is like if this were playing in the background of Target while you're doing your holiday shopping and you weren't tuned into the lyrics, you might think you'd be like, it yes, this fits perfectly. This is right next to an Adele song. Yeah. This is a real song. It is a real song. Thank you. It's very emotionally potent. I love it. What's so crazy is like we write these songs or I've written these songs. I've had them for such a long time now. And then you get to the point where you're like, I'm working with Leland and Gabe Lopez, my producers, and they worked on Troy Sivan's album, and they mm. work on all these great albums with so many amazing artists. Yeah, they're amazing. And um, then we're just working with real intention on this song, and the lyrics are what they are. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like you forget, and then like we're all listening to it like for the sounds and the harmonies and where we can add in like more vocals and stuff and more BG, and then you actually step out of it and listen to the song and you're like oh yeah this is that same nonsense i've been singing for the whole time (laughs) um but in that way like i think that it strengthens the comedy for it to be as real oh yeah as possible i mean like to hearken it back to lonely island what i loved probably just as much as the comedy were the songs like i i loved the song so i i love i love this song i love performing this song and when i perform it i'm not thinking about how it's funny i'm just trying to embody her (laughs) to be honest you gotta sell the emotion yeah Yeah. another song that walks that line of earnestness and comedy Mm -hmm. is everything you want featuring katie gavin of muna yes love katie friend of the pod she's just incredible i hope you get a cold brew coffee i think you like it cold i hope you order chinese food or do you like italian i don't know Another song where the wheels start to kind of fall off over the course of it. It's only when I think when we get to that moment at the end of the chorus that we realize, oh, the song is not what we thought it was about at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, this is one of the ones on my album that I think sits for a little bit longer than the typical comedy song. And I just think um, that probably speaks to the fact that like... It sounds weird to say this, but it is like the most quote unquote personal of the songs on the Mm. album because I actually did go through a really, really rough breakup earlier Mm. in the year. And I really associated him with Christmas because Mm. we spent the whole Christmas holiday together last year. And so I was thinking about putting my album together and I thought, you know, I'd really like to have something on the album that at least like took the power back for me for this a little bit because I know I'm going to be on tour. I'm going to be reminded of him. But at the time, like I had no sense of humor about this relationship ending. I was heartbroken. I was devastated. Um, I didn't think it was fair. I didn't understand. I tried a million different ways to try to write a funny song about this experience. And then ultimately, I just sat down and I was like, what if I stopped trying to crack myself up about this thing I have no sense of humor about? Mm. And I actually just like try to write something true, which was at the time that if I could not provide for you what you're looking for, I hope that you get that from someone else and I hope you get whatever you want, you know, for Christmas, in life, etc. I thought that was like a simple enough premise. And then 
in starting to try and write that song, I realized I have forgotten so much about this person <laughs> because our relationship was not long. We were mostly drunk during the holidays when it happened. I think it was like some degree of like love bombing on his part and also some degree of just like completely me rock and roller coaster zero to 60 past any red flags, just like only feeling how good the sex was, only understanding how nice it was to be with someone during the holidays, not actually getting this was like never in the cards. So then when I come up for air months later and I'm writing this song and I don't remember what this person would want for Christmas, I don't remember <laughs> what his interests are, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the comedic idea of the song then. Mm. You know, let me really sit down and earnestly wish you well. I just don't know how because I don't remember you. <laughs> and I had never I had never really heard that before and um, I guess that's an important thing when it comes to like building out the album is it's like mm. it has to work with my other songs it can't repeat a comedic idea i would like it to not repeat a musical idea because i think on a comedy music album that's one of the things that you get the luxury of doing is exploring different genres because it just heightens the comedy in different ways mm. so i hadn't had a song like this on my album or in my show and so i added it it's now one of my favorites and when it was done brett and i leland and i were like it would be insane if Katie from Muna was on this, like, because we realized we had kind of written a Muna song. I'm yeah. such a huge fan of <laughs> theirs. And um, I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, maybe I'll send her an email. And he was like, no, let's call her right now. And I was like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> thank God he's such a go getter because we called her and she was immediately on board and sounds amazing oh, wow. on it. Yeah, just one of those things that every time I even think about the album, the fact that I have a Muna track on here is like so crazy. Months felt like forever in my mind Now I'm realizing that that is not a long time Also we were wasted almost every chance we got It was Christmas, right? <laughs> now I'm thinking about it Did we date in September? Also what is your last name? I don't remember <laughs> I feel like the drunken, hazy memory of this song paired with the incredibly sensory details of the temperature of the cold brew coffee mm -hmm. make me think you could moonlight in Nashville writing some great suburban country music. Thank you so much. I actually is started a, is to that write a compliment? this song. No, I, I I take it as a compliment. Actually, I, I really do. I mean it. I mean, like it's very story based. You have the the method down. It's a hit. Well, I was actually when I was percolating on this song, I was listening to a lot of country music because um, I would think I was just in a sad mood. Mm. I believe it was this. It was a Teddy Swim song mm. called "Bed on Fire." Baby set the bed on fire and let it burn, let it burn, let it burn all the way to the ground. It's like this very, very cool song, and I was just like listening to it, and I sat in the emotion of it long enough where I was just like, there's something about this idea that like it's done, I know it's done, but I still have so much more to say. But then this idea that once you start saying it, you realize you have not much to say. <laughs> then I stumble on the comedic game of the song, which is like, 
Is it this that you like? Again, a second I say, I hope you get an ice cream cone. That's pretty general. I hope you get a mom that's healthy. I think you have a mom. Like, not being in anywhere near the place where there's any recall about this person. And then the bridge of that song is maybe my proudest moment as a songwriter because it's like a self-confrontation about what might be wrong with me if I can't literally speak to my relationship that should mean something to me but clearly that doesn't I should go to rehab I should go to rehab I should get my shit together cause I can't remember an entire human being but I know I loved you and I would have kept on going till we self-destructed that is not a healthy thought and I should go to rehab 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 has a Savage Garden Chicka Cherry Cola kind of vibe going on. I love hearing people call it Savage Garden. I love that. <laughs> and I feel like those kind of sounds, I mean, I think Nate just thinks I'm just throwing insult after insult, but I think those sounds have become very cool again. I think Muna kind of even digs into some of the adult contemporary 90s vibes and makes it, I don't know, fresh and new. And I hear that going on in this song. Well, something that might speak to that is the fact that when I was younger, my mom, like, forbid MTV in our house. So mm-hmm. I was watching a lot of VH1. The devil's programs. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was watching a lot of VH1 and like a lot of the adult contemporary 90s sounds like came to inform me. I think m- you're onto something there with Muna, but like for me with that bridge, that's my like Taylor Swift moment. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a yeah, very yeah, yeah. verbose bridge. Yes. And yes. Yep. Yep. for me, I thought there was something about the racing quality of the lyrics yeah. that kind of felt like someone spinning out. Mm. And I think that that's in the moment in the song where the character is spinning out. And so I think that just the runaway train sort of uh, stream of consciousness panic um, speaks to what's happening at that point in the song, which is that he's realizing that this might be a me problem, not a him problem. <laughs> and ultimately, you know, who really cares? <laughs> Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside you get a feel of that nice breeze but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils that tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling sneezing mess but don't listen to it allergies suck but a good nasal spray makes all the difference i personally learned that i suffer from adult onset allergies and it's a real bummer but a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias my favorite flower if you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Let's listen to one more song from this wonderful album that is a little different than the material we've heard thus far. It's the last song on the album, and it's called I Don't Need It To Be Christmas At All. I 
like you end this album with a curveball. It's just a authentic, yeah, beautiful <laughs> shopping department store Christmas song. What I really think is funny for me, and it's almost like my last joke yeah. for the project, which uh-huh. actually is completely joke-less, <laughs> is this idea that I'm going to actually earnestly... <laughs> offer this song which we literally were just like let's write a classic christmas pop song and i think that that's so much easier said than done but Mm. we had been so in the zone and i'm so marinated in this type of seasonal music because of the show that i do every single year we just needed a hook Mm. and we just needed like a lyrical idea which was you know what if it's as sweet and simple as everyone else might need it to be christmas to do nice things I don't need that when I'm with you. It's Christmas every single day, and I won't ever need an excuse to treat you like it's Christmas. You know what I mean? And I hadn't really heard that before, Mm -hmm. which is weird Mm -hmm. to me, which is, I guess, how you know you have a good idea, right? Anytime in comedy or in music, I guess, it feels like someone must have done this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like that that means that you've struck gold and you have to kind of act on it. And so I played this song from my parents. I played them the whole album and Mm. they know my bullshit. You know what I mean? Like they (laughs) sat through Rum Pum Pum on the album. (laughs) They've been to my live show many times. And then this song played and my dad was like, wait, hold on a second. That's my favorite song. And I was like, mm. what do you mean? He's like, I know this song. And I was like, you don't. You don't know it. It has all the hallmarks. Hey, I was like, I think you're just enjoying it. And he was like, that's great. I don't need the Christmas movie marathon because that's a real thing, you know? Like, we all watch the Christmas movie marathon. I was like, Dad, I think you might just be absolutely gagging for my shit. <laughs> and now he plays it all the time. And weirdly enough, like, I did not pick this as a single because I don't think it's indicative of the album. My album is a hard comedy album, first and foremost. And right. secondarily, yeah. a pop album in th- Maybe third, it's a holiday album in earnest. (laughs) But honestly, like doing this song to end the album and end on like a classic fade out, along with the packaging of the album, which is very traditional in the way that we're like selling it in terms of like, Mm. you know, the vinyl cover is me sort of giving like a 1950s, 60s Elvis Sinatra, you know, Bing Crosby illusion. In terms of the packaging and that song, Mm. it's just funny to me that we might fool people into thinking this is actually a real Christmas thing. And so weirdly enough, it's succeeding. It's doing great on streaming. It's on a bunch (laughs) of Spotify Christmas playlists, like as if the album isn't comedy at all. So in making this joke, like I kind of ended up doing the thing I was satirizing, which is funny. (laughs) It's just funny. I feel like I want so badly, Matt, for you to follow up this album with a sophomore release that is a pure Christmas album. No jokes. I think it would be a smash. I had an idea to do a double album, which was one album was just Mm. all the jokes, and then the other one was just like me doing some covers and stuff, etc. But I was just like, I think just nervous to do that, to be honest with you. Like, Mm. I think that maybe like in creating this song and like hopefully throughout the album, like, showing that I do have some talent doing this, like we can then broaden the horizons. But I still think I've got some comedy albums in me before I actually am singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by the fire. I think that might be, uh, (laughs) might not be top of my priority list. (laughs) Matt Rogers, your album, Have You Heard of Christmas, is going to change the game for holiday music. 
We are so grateful for you joining us today to talk about the origins of these songs and the role that you think Christmas music plays in our lives. It's been very illuminating, and I think all that remains is for us to wish you very happy holidays. (laughs) And likewise. Thank you guys so much. This has been so great. Switched on Pop is made by me, Nate Sloan, and Charlie Harding. Our producer is Rihanna Cruz. Our illustrator is Iris Gottlieb. Our editor is Jolie Myers. Abby Barr does community management. And this week, Bill Lance is our engineer. As always, Nishat Kurwa is executive producer. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. You can find more episodes of Switch on Pop anywhere you get podcasts. You can go to our website, switchonpop.com, and sign up to our newsletter. We're going to be sending out some of our favorite holiday songs from this year, besides all the great stuff that we talked about with Matt today. And uh, you can get some Switch on Pop merch in addition to, you know, the Gay Stranger sweatshirt that you probably uh, have already ordered since listening to this episode. You can get gifts for the pop lover in your family. We're talking uh, tote bags. We're talking laptop sleeves, mugs, hats, the whole shebang. Finally, I need to tell you that we're taking a little holiday vacation. So uh, we're going to be back in 2024. Unreal. And uh, we're going to kick off the year with a bang where we're going to dig into some of the most exciting listener questions that we've gotten over the past uh, year. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, I think all that remains is for me to say thanks for listening. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.